who decided to join us. They must have heard that we have two incredibly dramatic and enticing and relevant shows to share with them today. So let's not waste any more time. Our first show takes us back to the ART Center where we saw a new play from Natco entitled Queen. Is that Queen as in like, yes, Queen? <clears throat> no, that's Queen as in like bees. Ooh, okay. What a fabulous second show of the day. This was a two-show day for me, and this was my second show. Um, it was a brilliant story, not only about scholarly competition and ethics, but also about the plight of the American honeybee. Wait, is this when you decided we needed to garden more? I don't remember, but yes? Okay, I'll say yes. Um, it's such a well-written story. Um, a beautiful set, all hexagons. Kind of like a hive. Mm. From up above, with these lighting instruments that they used, to the desks, to the floor. Everything was hexagons, and I loved it. Love the orchestrated scene changes. Um, That was really great. Costumes were simple and perfect. The lighting was amazing, and I loved the use of honey color in the end. That was gorgeous. Brilliant mixed colors of whites and yellows. When they're in the final scene, it just, mm, it, I was like, there we go, when they're, they're tending to the bees at the end. Great sound, especially in regards to the bees at the end. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of bees. I mean, we need them, but I don't like them. Um, so it was really clear and balanced um, to make it feel like it was active that there were bees there. The acting was absolutely fantastic. All of the cast was stellar, but I particularly love the characters of Ariel and Sanam. Um, important and iconic questions were asked about compromising one's work and ethics and challenging authority, especially in the scholarly world and especially by older men. The, like the head of the department once, like they were going to, they were going to get published in a journal, the biggest journal in their field, and he was going to present all this research because they figured out why the bees were disappearing. He was getting this big award, but when they, you know, the the journal asked for just like one more set of data, and when it came up, it didn't return the same information that it had been returning. Hmm. And there's a scientist, and then there's a statistician. Okay. A statistician. A statistician. A statistician. Okay. And the statistician is like, no, this, like, she tried everything. She's like, no, I can't make it work. Like, this is, this is what it is. Like, it is, this is literally what it is. <clears throat> and the, at first, it's the head of the program that's like, you maybe you should just ignore it, like, you know, compromise it. And then the scientist, her partner, kind of gets on board. And then they both realize, like, no, this isn't right. We have to do what's right because it's not okay. It's not ethically okay. We couldn't live with ourselves with it, even though it means we're losing seven years of work. We can't. We can't do that. Um, and he still wants to take credit. And he's like, "I'll just remove your names from it." Mm. Like, no, yeah. But he's an old white man in a scholarly position, and these are two women. And I'm just like, "But that happens all the time," and yeah. that's an issue. So, overall, this was just a terrific show, and I loved it. Sadly, the show closed on July second, twenty twenty-two. 
If you've seen us lately, calling all the shots, even with the ninja roster. Time to know, it's time to believe that the time is now that we're gonna make it bleed. Top shelf is always open, that's the place where Kessler rocks the water bottle floating. Daniel and Henrik are always causing pain with the tip to tape pass that'll mesmerize your brain. To conclude this episode, we return to the, vi- the Vineyard Theater where we saw the super relevant and riveting show Lessons in Survival 1971. This was a really brilliant play. Similar to Dana H. in that the actors were reenacting and mimicking a real interview being done from 1971. Though, it wasn't, it was not lip synced, it was spoken but verbatim. So they had like the interview in their ear mm-hmm. and they were speaking, but they, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the set was gorgeous and very 70s. A sunken couch, lots of cigarettes. Uh, dated pillows and lighting features. I loved it. In fact, it started with them entering and literally lighting a cigarette up and like, I'm in the front row. I could have reached out and like high-fived the actress and the woman next to me, God bless her, but oi, just, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I can smell that. Oh my gosh, it's awful. When you walk in the theater, it literally makes you aware that there's going to be use of cigarettes and, I mean, they're not real cigarettes, but you know, there's a lot of use of cigarettes and whatnot, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, yeah, I was ready for this. <laughs> you yeah. Know. Um, love how comfortable and casual the actors were and presented themselves. You know, at one point taking off their shoes and just... I literally felt like I was just sitting there watching a discussion between two intelligent people. The lighting was awesome, though we never left the room. The change between moments was smart and perfect. It did a really great job of creating a different mood and mindset. So splitting up this time, the time that we were there, was awesome because it would be like, we're going to turn this lamp on. We're going to light this part of the stage. So that just helped break it up. You know what I mean? Uh Sound was fantastic and really well balanced. The costuming was fabulous. It wasn't dated in my opinion. It was of now, but it it still could be of the time if needed. Okay. You know? Um, Because this interview was from 1971. Yes. This was not yesterday, but it's being performed now, which is great but sad when you, if you were there and you listen to what's being said. Mm-hmm. Um, the ideas and messages discussed from this interview in 1971 um, were, were still so timely and important now, especially the ideas surrounding the new generation of the black individual and the role of the black woman. And especially the idea that the black man and the uh, of the black man, um, and like where what what he thinks his his role ought to be or what it should be. What I found interesting is there was a lot of mansplaining in this interview at first, but the woman rather than being like attacked like on the defense or attacking back, she's just very. Let me lay it out for you and explain that I don't need a man to protect me. I don't need a man to provide. And it was coming from a stance of equality in that. And the other guy actually heard that. But it was really challenging. What should a black man be? What should a black man be seen as? What should a black man do? Like, it really philosophical questions. How should we others see us? How should we be presenting ourselves? But not just, like, how in order to stay alive or what up, but, like, yeah. what how should is, the others be thinking? Yeah. Um, the actors were so amazing. They were so connected, and they did a great job of communicating their story and their message. Um, so I mentioned the mansplaining happened at times. 
um, but I felt that Nikki held her own and really communicated her view. That's what I love the most, because when the mansplaining started to happen, I literally was just like, please don't just sit there and take it. Like, you gotta... No, no, no. I don't want to just hear the man's perspective. You are a strong woman. I want to hear your point. So I love that that she was able to carry her own. I felt both characters really hurt each other and spoke to each other. And I love that outside the theater, this was cool. Outside the theater, they had a little living room set up and a TV that before the show was uh, was playing a collection of 70s clips, mainly dealing with African-Americans and the issues of the 70s. Okay, so it it would have commercials, but then like news of the times and things like that and little speeches and stuff. But then after the show, it was showing the actual interview that we had just watched. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, so, you know, we'd already heard this interview, but now we actually were seeing... The people who said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was an, an actual, it was actually a televised interview, so um, really appreciate the philosophical and societal questions that the show forced us to ask and answer. It wasn't just like, "Would you mind?" But it was like, "No, answer this for me." I also really appreciated the issues discussed, especially because it's been over fifty years. Fifty years, and the issues still haven't been resolved. The drugs aren't a pro- uh, the drugs aren't a problem until they hit white neighborhoods. Then they're a problem. A white police officer with his knee on a black woman's neck means he's above or higher than her. <clears throat> Confederate flag at the Alabama Capitol when they march across the bridge. You know, the, so the last two, the white officer with his knee on the on a black woman's neck and the Confederate flag, those happened in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Well, we all know about the white officer with his knee on someone's neck. We all know that George Floyd mm-hmm. and the Confederate flag when protesters are marching. We all know about that too. Mm-hmm. So it's been fifty years have we really made progress, which is what I loved about this show that made us made me as an individual kind of go. I like to think that I'm a good person. I like to think the world's a better place, but is it? Have I done what I can? Have I brought other people along to do what they can? That's a pow- that's a sign of a powerful show when you leave and you can really do an introspective look inside yourself and think, did I do enough? That show spoke to me. So I think one of the things I love the most about this show is it made me think. So I felt so good. lucky I got to see this. Sadly, this show closed on June 30th, 2022. And this concludes this episode of the Broadway Bulletin. Be sure to tune into our next edition coming out every Tuesday and Saturday. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your mask on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You could also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Booga Blue by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by 
David Blair, and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. <laughs>